I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts. And um... I worked in hymens and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later. Having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time. We're having a good time, baby, having a good time. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. Hey, Dusty. We've dropped the producer title. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because Hannah's not producing anything. Um, but uh, not as far as the show goes. But uh, we're having a great time. Yeah. And we're pumped to be here. Um, you know, it's exciting. I feel like the podcast is exciting to me. I mean, I've had a good time talking about selling pesticides, and I still want to complete the series with the 2014 episode, uh, my final year selling pesticides thus far. And um, But I'm not going to do that today. Um, it's exciting. The podcast is exciting again, though, in a, in a sense, because I'm back to doing shows. I'm back out on the road. I'm having road experiences. I stopped at this gas station on the way home from, from my gig this weekend, which I'll talk about. And I uh, stopped at a gas station. I had stopped at that one many times before. And it's a, it's a single stall. There's a guy and a girl's bathroom right next to each other. But it's a single use, you know, and I got to pee real bad. So I go, I run to the door. I try to open it. It's locked. I don't knock. I don't do anything. I just... Try to open it. And it's locked. So I stand there and wait. And then as I'm waiting, two women, want, the first one comes up to the ladies' restroom. It's locked. She knocks. And then she walks away. And then another lady comes up. She tries to get in. She knocks. And then the guy comes out of the bathroom with like a football jersey, a hat, and a matching mask. And he opens the door and he presents his hand like he's on the uh, like he's on the Price is Right, and he goes, it's all yours. And it's like, I just looked at the guy, and I'm like, yeah. You thought you were knocking all those times? I guess so, and I was like, yeah, of course it's mine. What are you doing in there? What's taking you so long? When you heard me uh, uh, try to open the door, uh, wrap it up, dude. I think people are in these uh, stalls pooping, playing on their phone, and they just don't care. They're like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. But I just thought it was funny that the guy was Gross. like, it's all yours. And I was like, all right, dude, I, I understand how the bathroom works. The moment you leave, I can get in. There's no need to say anything. Yeah. Even if I was knocking, which I wasn't. But I marked that down in my phone because I thought, hey, I'll talk about this. Was it worth it? I think so. Uh, <laughs> I'm more interested in this matching jersey and mask. Yeah, he had the full thing going. He had that gator mask. The funny thing about this, and I know I've t I talk about masks all the time because I, I, I'm not a big fan of them, but I talk about them all the time. One time I read a thing in the CDC uh, that said that the gator mask, the one that people wear around their neck and then pull up over their face, is worse than than not wearing a mask. I don't know why that is, but the CDC put that out. This is the uh, scientist. This is the science that we're told to listen to. And they said it's worse than not wearing a mask. So this guy's coming out of the bathroom with this gator mask on, matching his... I mean, I was on the Kentucky border. I want to say he was wearing a, a Bengals jersey. But who knows? I'm not that familiar with jerseys. Uh, sports has been very uninteresting to me. Something about a global pandemic kind of makes sports not seem as fun to me. I don't know what it is. But, um, but yeah, he was wearing that gator mask matching the 
I thought you were saying he was wearing a gator mask like, like what is Florida it, the Florida gator. Gators? Well, it could have been Florida Gator. I think the uh, colors are similar, but it was a Sunday. I can't see him decked out for college football on a Sunday. How old was he? Hard to say. He had a mask on, you know. That's also the thing that uh, is killing me about masks is I'm, you know, um, I'm just seeing all these people everywhere. I can't see facial expressions. I can't see, um, you can't smile at people. Just being in public, you can't just give them a smile. And, uh, That's where the wave come in, comes in handy. Yeah, I mean, the wave comes in handy, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to smile at people. I like to give facial expressions. Um, but you can't do it now. So it's weird. And um, But hey. I'll give away. That was the wrong button. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Let's go here. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. All right, where we've been, where we're going. But speaking of the wave, there's a video that we made at the beginning of the quarantine. Uh, it was a, um, a video of me waving uh, being the new... Um, uh, you know, shaking hands, basically, after the pandemic. It was the new handshake. And me and Aaron Weber and Connor Larson put that video together. Very well done. Aaron did most of the hard work. Very good video. I feel like it got very little traction. I feel like it, that was a, especially for early on, we were on it, like, immediately. This wasn't some video that came out five months into the pandemic. This was very early on. Very well done. Family members reached out to me and said, congratulations for getting on global news. And it never got, it didn't get really any traction. And that's a shame. I felt like that was a good, hot video, and it should have picked up more traction than that. I tried to boost it on Facebook, and Facebook was so weird about it. Anytime I post a joke about the virus on TikTok, they'll flag it with some sort of, uh, CDC guidelines or, or real news on the, uh, as if I'm trying to spread fake news about the virus, but they will not let you, we're not allowed to have a sense of humor about any current topic without the social media overlords telling us, oh, we have to get the correct facts out there, you know, and it's just like, I'm not trying to give correct or incorrect facts, I'm just trying to make a joke. Well, they should be flagging all of the mainstream media. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. But where have I been? This weekend, I went to Comedy Off-Broadway in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was fantastic. I love Lexington. Did four show I do love Lexington, too. I did four shows. Um, uh, my feature, uh, Kelly Colette on Friday, and then feature Lee Kimbrell on Saturday. And... Uh, I know I've known Lee previously, and I hung out with him for a long time on Saturday. We had a great time. They were fun shows. Our second show on Saturday was sold out. Sold out show during a pandemic. Now, sold out at socially distanced, limited capacity. But nevertheless, people came out. And you know what? Most people, of, of the people telling me where they knew me from, everyone said TikTok. That's cool. I have 157,000 followers on TikTok, uh, which is amazing. And people were like, yeah, we, we saw you on TikTok, so now we're coming to see you. That's cool. Very exciting. I had a great time in Lexington. I got yelled at in a Whole Foods mm. uh, for not wearing a mask. Yeah. And um, What you got to know about Dusty, though, is he tends to get yelled at or get into some sort of altercation out in public. We've probably talked about it here. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm like a low-key rebel out here, right? Like, it's not, people act like that not wearing a mask is some kind of political statement or some kind of hateful thing, like I'm, like I don't care about people. I do care about people. I care about them a lot. But um, I looked, I looked, I didn't see any signs. I didn't know what the laws were in Kentucky. I didn't see any signs saying we had to do it. So I was like, you know what, I won't do it. And then I went in. I'm just shopping. You know, I'm not fingering the foods. I'm just getting what I need and putting it in my buggy. And a lady from Whole Foods comes up to me and she says, would you like a mask? And I said, oh, I didn't see a sign that said I needed to wear one. I didn't get an attitude with her. I just said, 
I didn't see a sign. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's required. So I put my bandana on, right? But then I was frustrated. And I took the bandana off immediately. And this other grown lady yells, an old lady yells, he just took it off. (laughs) She's probably the one that ratted on you in the first place. (laughs) So I left. And I went to Five Guys and had a delicious burger. Did you say anything to the lady? I just was like, geez, lady. (laughs) Jeez, lady. (laughs) Well, they, you know, I mean, honestly, in the beginning, I mean, I've been like studying this stuff. And in the beginning, it was like, you know, just social distance. Just stay away from each other. If you're within, you know, if you're not within six feet of each other, you're, you're all good. And then it was like, if you can't social distance, wear a mask. And I'm like, I was in the grocery store alone. I wasn't up close to anyone. I wasn't talking to anyone either. So I wasn't doing anything in anyone's direction. So it's just like, I don't know. It's like I try to pay attention to the science and put all the stuff together to make sense of it. And people that tell me to listen to the science really seem to be disregarding it and then yelling at me. And I'm like, well, I'm just doing, everybody says follow the science. So I just go and read it. And then I go, okay. So as long as I stay away from people and don't um, yell in their faces, uh, we're probably fine. Yeah, I mean, we've been over the masks basically since before the mask mandate even came to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I read yesterday the mask mandate came June 29th in Nashville. Oh, yeah. And see, we were way ahead of it. We yeah. were wearing masks in March. Yeah. I mean, like, we were like. we. I was really worried about the virus because my brother lives in China and I just like slowly saw it coming to America and nobody in America was up in arms about it. So in February, I was freaked out about it and I was driving us all around trying to find masks and there weren't any and we ended up giving one of those like whatever industrial kind of masks. Well, an N95, the mask that I still think is the best. I think that's actually the only effective mask. Yeah. My opinion. And then for a little while, I felt like an idiot because I was the only one wearing a mask in the grocery store. Well, me and you, I mean, for a while, I mean, especially in March, we would be the only... I remember getting yelled at in a Lowe's for standing too close to a lady, and then the cashier yelled at me, and then the cashier found out that the lady was actually... We we had these little X's on the floor, and I was standing on my X, and the lady was actually too close to me, and I was the only one in that store wearing a mask and I also had gloves on and I'm like look at me you think I'm the one trying to stand close to people but I'm just trying to go back to yeah that was back when social distancing was the whole thing and now it's (laughs) no one cares about social distancing now everyone's just if you got your mask you're good which I actually think is a bigger harm to be honest I mean because I think if we're, we're trying not to breathe on each other and put put particles on each other the thing should be to still socially distance. But I think the mask almost gives people a false sense of security. And I think, you know what I mean? So, but hey, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but I am just trying to do my own thing. That's what I've always been about. I've always been about, I'm just living my life. You live your life, I live mine. There's a great song by, um, um, I'm going to find it, but um, it's... um, this is what I need to have you doing, Hannah, is finding songs when I talk about them. Uh, who's that guy? Ben Harper. You remember that guy? Yeah. He has a great song. Burn One Down. You remember this? Yeah. It's about weed, but but he had a good line in here that I always liked. Remember this song? Oh, you can't hear it. Hannah doesn't wear the headphones.
In particular, I like that, the chorus lyric. If you don't like my fire, don't come around because I'm going to burn one down, right? <laughs> and I always like that because, you know, obviously in the in the song, he's talking about weed, right? If you don't like weed, don't come around because I'm going to be smoking Marijuana? It, right? <laughs> yes. And, uh, but I think that can apply to anything, right? It's like the old Hank, Hank Sr. song, Mind Your Own Business. It's like, he's like, hey, listen, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. If you don't like it, don't hang out. But then this is the lyric. This is the one that I really like. I wish you wore the headphones, but this is the one I really like. A lot of music here. My choice is what I choose to do. And if I'm causing no harm, it shouldn't bother you. Your choice is who you choose to be. And if you're causing no harm, then you're all right with me. If you don't okay. like my fire. He says, my choice is what I choose to do. And if I'm causing no harm, it shouldn't bother you. Your choice is who you choose to be, and if you're causing no harm, then you're all right with me. Right, but people think you're causing harm if you're right. wearing a mask. I know. That's the thing. That's how they get you, is they go, oh, but you're going to get us all killed. And I'm like- But what, what gets me but is just, like, the illogic of it, you know, like- we live basically on the border of two counties. Davidson County is Nashville, and so very strict mask mandates. But Wilson County is a lot more relaxed. And so, you know, you were able to go out for dinners earlier in Wilson County. And I sometimes go to the gym in Wilson County. And because it's things are kind of relaxing now, um, I went to the gym the other day. And I thought, okay, let's just try not going in wearing a mask. Because the whole thing at my gym is you have to walk in wearing a mask, check in, and then you can immediately take your mask off and work out and run and sweat. No one's actually wearing masks as they work out, um, except for like a few people, I guess. Um, but it's just sort of the optics of showing you have a mask as you check in. But it's just like, it, that doesn't make sense. In the same way, it doesn't make sense that you have to walk into a restaurant with a mask on and then sit down, you can take it off. I mean, if we're really trying to stop the virus, that I'm sorry, but those rules are absolutely absurd. They don't make sense. There's obviously no way that it's actually stemming the virus. Well, so it's just like I don't respect well, the rules like, because they don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know what's stopping, what's not stopping. I don't I don't have those answers. So I can't say that this is not slowing it down. This is slowing. I can't say that. But, yeah, I agree that nothing makes sense. It, it nothing, just does not make sense. And nothing. even people that are crazy into the masks, there's no way you can tell me that that makes sense. Well, that doesn't make sense. And maybe right. they just want everything to be closed down. But All it's right. like, well, it's nothing so makes, stupid. Nothing makes sense. So... Uh, but that being said, we went on a little rant there on the mask, but I had a great time. What else is there to talk about? I mean, dear goodness. Well, well, all right. Well, I had a great time in, in, in Lexington. Lexington was a lot of fun. I am loving doing comedy. I mean, those shows were some of the best shows I've had in a long time. And I've been out. I mean, I'm not, I've been out. I'm, I say this all the time, but I went out in May. I was out the second week of May, I was probably uh, one of just a handful of people. In fact, I was the only headliner that I know about working in May. And I know there were some other comics out there, but um, headlining a club, I only saw me. And I went out a couple of times in May. I went out a couple of times in June. And I've been out since now. I went to, uh, been to uh, Atlanta um, after the second lockdown. I've been to Atlanta, um, Rhode Island. And, and uh, Raleigh, and now Lexington. And my comedy feels better than ever. I feel on fire, and it's a lot of fun, and I'm having a blast doing You're it. You're burning one down, huh? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know how that... how that. Just trying to tie it all together. Yeah, I know, but I don't know how that ties in. Oh, okay. 
but uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm having a great time. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm I mean, you know, that that second lockdown was tough in a way because I was like, I thought, man, we're never going to do comedy again. I thought if they're going to keep us locked down, and that's what I hate. I mean, mainly it's that. I hate that we're being just told to be locked down and then we're just supposed to we're just supposed to obey. And uh, I've never been about the just obey thing. I've always been, you know, a, a, a little bit of a rebel against society in my own way. I mean, I'm not, um, you know, screaming it from the rooftops, but I've never liked anything in society that was like, like, I used to be a big Limp Biscuit fan, right? I used to really like Limp Biscuit. Right I was on. a, I was a huge fan. Now, l- let me just clarify here. I have a video of me talking about Limp Biscuit, but I want to go back to. The Limp Biscuit I like. This is the first song that I ever heard by Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like me, but I gotta think twice before I give my heart away. And I Okay, okay. This Limp Biscuit I was listening to, I remember going on a like a church retreat with Campus Life and uh, just singing this song the whole time. And I just, uh, I just loved it. I mean, this Limp Biscuit, this, this was another one off the album here. This I won't play much of this. No, that's not it. It's still a good one, though. Oh, this is it. Blowing up the phone line You need to tighten that screw It's been loose for a long time I've been slammed with some bad luck Soon I'm gonna bring you doom with the buck Buck and now you duck duck Goes a ride loose with a 30 off freestyle Label hot style by my profile I mean this is the Limp Bizkit I liked Whether it's good or not I don't know This came out in 1997 I was listening to it heavy in 98 And I loved it Right? I loved it. I was like, Limp Biscuit. I was like, you gotta have birth. And I was just going around singing that all the time. And then I found out that George Michael was actually the one who, who wrote and sang that song. And so I listened to it. And then I was like, oh, there's another verse onto this. Why is Fred Durst not doing this other verse? The song could be longer and we could have more of this. And it was a great time, right? And then uh, this, the, and then the next album came out. And then this, this was the song. I was into this too. This first verse was longer than I thought. Trying to get to the chorus. Sorry about that, F-bomb. Okay, I did it all for the nookie. That was a long way to go to get you to that. I did it all for the nookie, right? You remember that song? Yeah. I loved it. 
Love this song too. Love this album. One day I'm sitting in class. There's a girl named Courtney Massengill. Um, uh, had a bit of a crush on her. She was cheerleader. And, uh, but I saw her singing the Nookie. She was very popular. And I saw her singing Nookie. And I was like, no, right? Because I'm like, I don't like that. I, I like Limp Biscuit. Nobody else likes Limp Biscuit. It's me that likes them. And then when the popular people of the school are now singing Limp Biscuit, that ruins it for me. Mm. I want Limp Biscuit to myself. You thought that it was just you that liked him. Well, it was mm. until Nookie came out. So you discovered Fred Durst? Well, I'm saying in my school, I was one of a very few select people singing Limp Biscuit. Is this when your hair was dyed blonde? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 98, I was 16. It's possible that I was still... F Actually, I don't know. It's hard to say. That's so long ago. I mean, I don't know what I looked like when I got in my car. Because I guess I bleached my hair when I was still walking to school. But either way, I mean, the point is, I, I like the stuff that I, I don't think anybody else likes. And when everybody else seems to get on board with it, I'm out. And so whenever anybody, I've always been leery of the government being like, you got to do this. I don't like the government. I'm not a big fan. I don't, I'm not into that. I like, I'm a big fan of like freedoms and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I like those. Yeah. Feels weird that wanting freedom is some kind of political statement. I'm like, I like to be free. I like l very low amount of taxes and a lot of freedom. That's my... You sound like a real American. That's my. That's what I like. I like the freedom to just go and... I mean, I wish that... Kind of wish that the internet would just get shut down and then we never had it. <laughs> because then we could just go back to riding in our cars. 1998. And 98, riding in our cars, smoking cigarettes, listening to Limp Biscuit, And not on Spotify. We would have to own the CD. Yeah go to a music store i mean i used to burn up cds because that would be like i would get a new one it would be 20 bucks and that'd be all i had and i would just burn it up now i got spotify i go oh oh what's that person's name oh yeah i'll go and listen to every album they have one time judge it harshly and never listen again back in the day you spend 20 bucks you're like hell i don't care if i like this or not i'm listening to it 15 times you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so where am I going? I'm going to Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas. I was there last year. Uh, last year when I was moving in there, or when I was going there, I had just moved to a new apartment, West 46th, uh, on the west side of Nashville. Uh, first time I'd lived in a fancy apartment like that, and I thought it was fancy. And I moved in, and me, my mom came up, and me and Hannah, my mom, we walked to a few restaurants in the area. It was fun. It was nice that we could walk to places. We really were eating up. And then one morning, Hannah gets up and flies out. She goes out to the West Coast to do some shows, and I get sick. I had a free day. Me and my mom were going to hang that day, and I got sick, and I started throwing up. And then later that day, my mom got sick. She started throwing up. And then I was just in bed the entire day. And then the next day I had to get up and fly to San Antonio. And I flew to San Antonio. I did a radio show that day. I flew there, sick, went and did a radio show, then came back and did a show that night, woke up the next morning, did more radio, and then two shows. And even all that, I had a lot of fun. I had a great Did you feel time. sick when you were in San Antonio? Yeah, the first couple of days, yeah. Were you throwing up? No, I never threw up again, but I felt uneasy. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I got to uh, San Antonio. The shows were great. The The staff of the club was really great. A couple of the guys were had bought all my merch and were wearing, uh, one guy was wearing a hat and a shirt on the last night I was there. It was a great time. I had a really good time, and, and um uh, my feature was a guy named Barry Laminack, who lives in Houston. And he does a sports radio show in Houston, or at least used to. I don't know if he still does or not. Things have changed in the last six months for everyone. But the uh, he was great. We had a lot of fun. We hung out. And then uh, I got him 
uh, on these shows. So Barry will be with me again. And I've done, you know, during the shutdown, I did an interview with Barry uh, on the internet. It's probably out there on YouTube. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited to go back. I think um, I'd like to see a little bit of San Antonio this time. I didn't really do anything because I was kind of sick. So maybe I will try to see a little bit. Maybe see the Alamo. You got you go to the Alamo and then there's the canals. Yeah. Which I thought were really cool. So I will try to check that out. Yeah. And um, what is the Alamo really? Uh, the Spanish-American War? I don't know. Something to do with sp- Spanish people fighting Americans, right? Yeah. People always talk about it. I'm not really clear on what it is. Let's play a little bit of this. This is a Bob Wills song. It's called the San Antonio Rose. This may be my intro song for the weekend. (laughs) Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. They call this Western Swing. I'd like to DJ my own radio show. Can you hear this? It sounds like an old song. I don't even know if there's lyrics, but I'm into it. I just hear someone go, oh, no. Yeah. That's great. I could keep that going for a while. That feels very good. San Antonio Rose by Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. All right. I got an email last night. I'd like to answer some questions about advice to comics. I don't have the button. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dusty. Hope all is well. Really been enjoying your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I was wondering if you would care to offer some advice on your podcast regarding working with controversial and or plagued headliners. I'm not going to mention any names, but I just got booked to open for a fairly well-known headliner that has a controversial past. I don't care necessarily about working with a particular headliner and took the gig because I need stage time to prep for uh, a taping. Now I'm wondering what my peers might think for not having moral high ground. I'm curious what your thoughts on the matter are um, a sidebar would be tips to prep for a taping and or TV spot. Have a great night. Thank you for the email. It's a good question. Um, a timely question as uh, every month new comedians get canceled. Right. Um, I'll just go uh, very simple uh, at, the, at the beginning, uh, especially in these times. Uh, you need stage time. Stage time is what you need. And um, if, if the comic that you're working with, this is my opinion, if the comic you're working with is not in jail or not, um, I, I'm like, I don't know, take the stage time. You're not, that, that controversial headliner is going to be doing that club whether you're their feature or not. You're not bringing them to the club. You're not booking them. You're just like, hell, I want stage time. It's not about working with this headliner. It's about getting that 20 to 30 minutes in front of the headliner. Um, and I don't know. I say do it. I mean, I, I would do it every time. I mean, if you're a feature, you're just trying to get work. You can't, unless you're rich, you can't be like, no, I'm not going to take the work. 
because I don't care for what this person's done morally. That's my opinion because it, it's you getting stage time. It's not you working with this guy. Maybe don't take a picture with it and, with them and post it online and be like, I finally got to work with blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe don't do that if you want the moral high ground, but you're just trying to get work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think like if their past um, disturbs you, actually bothers you, and you have credible reason to believe that uh, it's true, then then I think that the decision should be easy. I mean, if you're disgusted by someone, you'd be like, oh, hell no, I don't want to work with them. But if you even have to stop and just your main concern is what other people think, then I don't think you're really that bothered by whatever the allegations are. I also think, I mean, this is me personally, even if you are disgusted with the person, but you need stage time and you need money. And if you're not uh, headlining every weekend, yeah, you need stage time. I mean, because you're trying to get to that place. But yeah, it's like, if you don't like, this is essentially, I think what Hannah's saying is, if you don't want to work with that person, then don't. But if you just want stage time and could care less if that person's even there, then do it. Right? Yeah. Um, as for... Um, uh, uh, tips for prepping for a taping or TV spot. Uh, I say this, uh, regardless if you're doing, you know, like let's say you got a 30-minute time slot that you're featuring for someone, and then the thing that you're taping is anywhere from 5 to 25 minutes. Uh, start your feature spot the way you're going to start the taping. So if you're going to, if you're doing five minutes on a late night, well, you start that 30-minute feature set with that five minutes. Do exactly what you plan to do on the taping at the beginning. That way, if it, if you're like, oh, the audience is too cold, and it's like, well, that's, that's what you want. You want to go out to the coldest audience possible and try to grab them as fast as you can. Right. So that's what I would say. I mean, and just that's it. I mean, you just got to know your material really well. Don't, I would say... You know, don't start with anything too long. Don't start with anything risky. Start with the thing that you know works, you know, 90% of the time. I mean, go with a joke that you know is going to be fire and come out hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't mess around. So You're going to uh, burn one down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you don't like my fire, don't come around because I'll be burning one down. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I wanted to. This is what I wanted to do. Without, I'm going to try to do this. Uh, oh, I'll just unhook that. That's what I'll do. Um, this is uh, TikTok. I wanted to read a couple of things because I had posted a video about me, uh, about the prisoners of nature. If you're not following me on TikTok, then you won't know what the thing is. But uh, some people started to share because my joke is, you know, uh, when I was growing up, I think parents are different today than they were when I was a kid. Uh, all right, let's just play the joke. You want to play the joke? And then so people get an idea of what I'm talking about here. I feel like parents are different today than they were when I was a kid, you know, especially when it comes to pets, right? Like today you might hear some parents say something like, we got to take our cat to the vet, right? But when I was growing up, my dad would be like, we don't have a cat anymore. <laughs> then that cat was gone. I couldn't even get mad about it. I'd just be like, well, I hope we get another one. He's like, well, we'll see what wanders up. Because we didn't have real pets. We just had prisoners of nature. Right? Like a dog would wander up, we'd chain him to a tree. <laughs> now he's ours. Okay, so that's the joke. And then people began to uh, leave their own kind of stories about what they did. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're different animal stories. And I thought these were funny. Uh, this person said, my dog disappeared two days ago. My first thought was, damn, all that dog food. <laughs> uh, that's still how I get my pets. We want a cat. We just wander in my backwoods and find some kittens. We had a dog that would get loose, beat us to school, catch a chicken, and it would be laying in the front lawn of the school, eating it, 
as we pulled up. Wow. Uh, Sometimes stuff wanders up that don't pet up too good and got to turn it loose. Agree. Some things don't want to be petted. Um, I'm so old, I often refer to the lot behind Walmart as dog heaven. I don't know what that means entirely, but I guess that means a lot of dogs out there, you think? Well, dog died. I just had to, quote, we don't have a cat anymore last weekend. This person says, can't wait to see you in Greenwood, Indiana later this month. Boom. Gutty's Comedy Club. Uh, This guy says, same here, no vet. It came down to a question of whether or not we had an old yeller situation on our hands. (laughs) What a traumatizing movie. Yeah, I never saw it, but. um, It's like I knew what old yeller was before I even saw it. Uh, let's see. Oh, this person says, Dusty Slay, my reason for having TikTok. Shout out, Titus77 underscore. L-M-A-O, I freaking love your skits, Dusty. (laughs) My skits. I love when people say skits. Yeah, this guy says, I look like a homeless Kurt Russell. Uh, oh, my goodness. I love Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Homeless Kurt Russell. Uh, this person said, I played Pokemon in the 80s with wild dogs and cats. That's true. I laughed so hard, quote, oh, dad shot the dog. That sucks. Maybe why I don't even bother naming fishes. I don't know what that means. I didn't imply that my dad ever shot a dog. I don't believe my dad ever shot a dog. Uh, Same here. Come home. Where's Snowball, Dad? Son, I don't know what you're talking about. What cat? I'll tell you what used to happen to my my dad. I don't tell this a lot because it's not cruel because it, was never intentional, but my, we used to have a lot of cats around where my dad lived. And, um, I don't know if it was the hot or cool days or what it was, but a lot of times cats would crawl up into the engine of my dad's car. They would crawl underneath and get in the engine. And again, I don't know if they were trying to escape the sun and it was cool down there, or if it was the warmth of the engine on a cold day that they really liked, but they would get up in there and just sleep. And my dad would have no idea, and he would go crank the car, and it would kill the cat. Dang. And that happened multiple times. So it would be like, you know, we wouldn't wouldn't see the cat all day, and then dad would come home and go, that cat's dead. (laughs) So Jeez. How do you even find the, the corpse of the cat? I don't know. I guess he would just hear it as the car cranked. It had not, it was not his oh fault. Oh, my goodness. Not his fault at all. Is that, uh, that must happen other places. Though. I'm sure, yeah. Um, this person says, this is more accurate than we want to admit. Look, Mommy, a kitty. Can I keep it? Go ask all neighbors. You didn't lose a cat, did you? I don't know what that is. Well, they're saying it's a neighbor's cat. Yeah. This person tagged a person named Jared Exotic and said, WTF, is he our brother? I may be. My grandma, my grandfather brought a spider monkey home from the dump. Didn't last long. <laughs> I bet not. Monkeys are the scary. It's a, just a monkey. They're the scariest pets. There's videos out there of monkeys, people having monkeys and pets, and they go wild on them, and they start, and they'll attack them and eat their fingers and their face. Jeez. We had a horse wander up that we made a prisoner of nature. Not sure where it came from. Also had someone try dropping off goats and pigs. Yeah, that happens. My dad had a guy across the street from him. His neighbor had some pet pigs, and they escaped from the cage and came over to my dad's yard. They just started tearing the yard up. They just root around in there and try to get insects and stuff out of the ground. They tear up a yard quick. Um, when we were kids, my sis 
stepped on a kitten and we, oh, this was actually a sad one. I actually commented, that's a sad story. When we were kids, my sis stepped on a kitten and we thought it was dead. Dad said, go throw it in the trash can. Later, we heard crying in the trash. I said, that's a sad story. And they said, yes, but luckily it survived just in time. So, okay. uh, so I, I guess that means they kept it. All my critters got in bad shape. Daddy would grab his rifle and they'd take a walk. Oh, any of my critters got in bad shape. Daddy would grab his rifle and they'd take a walk. Jeez. I mean, this is far more. Like, I grew up really country. And uh, I think countryer than some people realize. But we were not doing this. We were always very friendly to animals. Uh, but I guess that's the point, right? It's like your dog suffers, you put it out of its misery as opposed to putting the dog through more misery. So true. Stray dogs were sent by God, and that's what you got till mama shot them for killing chickens. Mama would pray for a good dog. Always killed mine. <laughs> right? Jeez. These are, these are all comments from people. Um... This guy says uh, about me, very Bill Hicks in a really good way. People say that about me. He was Bill Hicks. Yeah, people say that about me. Okay, that's all. Fat Kurt Russell. Homeless. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not fat. <laughs> sorry. Take it easy. Um, but yeah, so I'll be, I hope this podcast has been fun. I know we complained about mask a little bit. I mean, but, um, you know, I'm just talking about the state of the world around us. Uh, I got, I, I, I took some notes of things just to talk about here. So I wanted to, um, uh, somebody had asked me about cold calling clubs one time and what my advice on that is. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming that you don't physically mean calling them. Uh, never call, never call any club. A lot of older comics will always give the advice. You just got to pick up that phone. You just got to give them a call. Well, that was probably true back in the old days, but people, no one wants to talk on the phone right now. The, the best way to get me to respond to you is to text me uh, or send me a message on some kind of messenger. I do not want to answer the phone. And, um, so uh, I would say, as I've said before, but just in simplest terms, email the club, be polite, send them, a send them two videos, a short video of you just being hilarious, and then the longest video you have of you being hilarious, and label them as such, and then compliment the club, say, your club is great, I want to come there, and don't be, di don't be disingenuous about your compliment. Find something good about the club. Ask yourself, why do I want to perform at this club and find a better answer than because I need stage time? Think about the city, the town, the people, whatever you've heard about the club. Compliment them in a genuine way. And then say, I heard this about your club. I'd love to come there. I'd love to perform. And then um, uh, depending on how worth it is to you, uh, worth it it is to you, uh, maybe think about, there used to be a guy, at, a, a, a service called Ignite Hospitality. What was his name? Adam Wagner. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that's still around. I don't know, but uh, try to looking that up on Facebook. But he um, would be, used to be able to get you a hotel for pretty cheap, like 30 bucks. So that's a thing to think about too, is reaching out to the club and saying, you know, I'd love to come, I'd love to come there. Here's my information. Uh, your club seems great. And uh, something that you might offer is I can also find my own lodging if that helps uh, because, you know, everybody's cutting corners. Everybody's trying to get by. So maybe think about um, uh, what to, um, you know, just ways that you – and then you send that email. And then in one month – and I say all of these, when you send that email – Expect fully that they are not going to email you back. Don't send the email and go, I'm about to get booked. Send the email and know that they're not going to respond to you. But then set an alarm in your phone for one month down the road. And when that month, I would say send the avails on a Wednesday. And then when that month comes around, 
you send the avails again. Phrase it differently, send an updated video if you have it, but always be polite. Polite, uh, meaning that you're nice every time. You're never like, I emailed you last month, WTF, you know? Uh, you go, hey, and you don't have to remind them that you're emailing them again. Just email them again. And then patient, meaning that it may take six months. You may send this six months, six times before they respond to you. Um, if they even do then, but be patient. And then persistent, meaning that even if they don't respond to you in six months, you just keep sending that polite message going because after a while, if they think you're funny, I mean, also, here's a reality for some people. And I'm not saying this to anyone in particular. This is just, this is just a reality. Because I've seen some people out there where I'm like, this is just not your thing. Like, comedy may not be your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, comedy was not my thing. Well, I, 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 that's, I don't believe that. You were very funny and you were very... Well, I, I, I think I was good at it, but I didn't like it. Right. You were very booked up. But I, that, that's what I mean. Like, for a lot of people, the lifestyle may be not be for you. The, uh, the money may not be worth it for you. And uh, you may not be very funny. I mean, it's like this is 100% not directed at anyone in particular. I'm just saying these are things to consider. I knew a guy once. I don't remember exactly what his job was, but he had a very good job. He was very, um, what do you say, um, when someone... Well-established in his career. Yeah, well-established in his career. He was probably making tons of money. He was also a very good-looking guy, or at least moderately good-looking guy. And he would come out and do comedy, and he was so bad at it. And it, it felt like his self-worth somehow dipped because he was bad at comedy. Meanwhile, the rest of us in that room that are good at comedy uh, don't make nearly the amount of money he makes, and we would be terrible at his job. But yet somehow he let it affect his self-worth. I say, hey, if you like comedy, go do it. But don't let it affect your self-worth that way because it's something else that you're good at. It may not be comedy, but there is something you're good at. We're all blessed with talents and gifts. You just got to find it. And sometimes people are not satisfied with their gift, but it's like, hey, we all have a gift, and you just got to find it, and you got to, and then, you know, you make it happen. Yeah. And we may have several. Some people may have several. I mean, you know, uh, I always use some kind of sports analogy, but I'll never – be able to throw a football like Tom Brady, right? I'll never be able to, um, or uh, Russell Wilson, or I'll never be able, you know, those are things I will never be able to do. No matter how much I work out, I won't, my shoulders are bother me and I'm not even doing anything athletic. Um, so, but it, it doesn't bum me out that I'll never be that because I found something that I'm good at and it, it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm too cynical about comedy at this point to really get in there. But I, I do think, like, just from living in Toronto and knowing a lot of American comics, I do believe, you know, at a certain point, you got to have wins. If you're Absolutely. doing this for years and years and you don't really have any wins, then maybe you should look at what you're doing with your life. 100%. 100%. You got to face reality. You do got to face reality. I feel like there was something else that I wanted to talk about. Um, but, I mean, I'm excited. I feel like to go. you got a good one in here. Well, I feel good. I mean, I, I, want, I just want it to be clear. I mean, since we talked about all this mask stuff and things like that, I mean, I love to have something to complain about. I'll be honest with you. I like a thing to complain about. And I also like a thing to rebel against. And... um. But I'm loving doing comedy right now. I mean, it is a blast. I appreciate everyone that's been coming out to see my shows. Um, uh, I mean, it's um, really such a blast. I mean, I was really shocked to sell out uh, a show this weekend. And not because, I mean, before the pandemic, I was selling out shows. So it's not that 
selling out a show is so shocking, but just in these times, uh, it is, it is a bit shocking. And I was just so pumped about it. And, uh, and, and not only that, it was just fun people coming that just wanted to laugh because that is what I want my entire show to be about a, what I like to call distraction comedy where you come and for an hour I stand on that stage and talk about nothing that's going to make you think about the world around you and just laugh and have fun. Um, so I thank everyone for coming. And I want to end the podcast by talking about another song, if that's okay. Um, because I've been making jokes about this song in my, in my set. And... I do the whole breakdown of the five o'clock somewhere song. Uh, and I feel like I've got that one. I got that one down and I'm having a blast doing it. This one's a newer one that I've been talking about. And so what I want to do, this song irritates me. I actually don't like this song at all. I do like the band. Uh, Lone Star is the band, but I don't like the song at all. So I'm going to play the first verse and then I'm going to tell you why I don't like it. I mean, they hit you with that. How do you feel good? You're like, oh, this is going to hit me in all the right spots. They know how to play that. Oh, here he goes. He called her on the road From a lonely cold hotel room Just to hear her say I love you one more time All right, and I just want to state for the record, right there, he said he's on the road He's, he's a, in a lonely hotel room, and he calls his wife just to hear her say, I love you one more time, right? I get that. That's very sweet. I spend a lot of time on the road. I miss my wife when I'm out there. Aw. And I like calling her and talking to her, right? Aww. So I get that. All right, I'm on board with the song. Here we go. And when he heard the sound of the kids laughing in the background, had to wipe away a tear from his eye. Okay. So then he hears his kids playing in the background, and he has to wipe a tear from his eye. Wow, this is a man that misses his family. This is a good man. He misses his wife. He misses his kids. It gets him emotional because he's off in a hotel somewhere missing his family. What a great song. All right, here we go. Let's keep it going. Little voice came on the phone. Daddy, when you come home. Okay. A little voice came on the phone. I'm guessing his son. A little voice came on the phone, said, Daddy, when you coming home? Okay. So obviously it's his kid because he says, Daddy. A little voice came on the phone, says, Daddy, when you coming home? So sweet. What's he say? He said the first thing that came to his mind. I'm already there. He says, the first thing that came to his mind, I'm already there. <laughs> so his little kid is like, Dad, when are you coming home? And the first thing he thought of was not tomorrow. It was, I'm already there, son. His little kid's like, well, where you at? <laughs> Let's play. <laughs> I mean, I, why are we on the phone right now when we could just be hanging out with each other? Why are you doing that to that little kid? And this is what he says. I'm already there, and this is some of the details he tells the kid. Now, this little kid, I, I imagine, is, you know, too young to comprehend the poetry that his dad's trying to lay on him. So here we go. Here he goes. Take a look around. Take a look around. I'm the sunshine in your hair. I'm the sunshine in your hair. I'm the shadow on the ground. I'm the shadow on the ground. I'm the whisper in the I'm wind. I'm the whisper in the wind. I'm your I'm your imaginary friend. And I know. And I know. I'm in your prayers. I'm in your prayers. Oh, I'm already there. I'm already there. Now, how confused is this kid? This kid's right now talking to his mom going, what's wrong with dad? And then the wife gets back on the phone. And I don't know why his wife doesn't say, why'd you tell our kid that? Really miss you. She's just like, I miss you. Don't worry about the kids, they'll be alright. <laughs> Don't worry about the kids, I'll clear that up. <laughs> wish I was in your arms. 
She said, I wish we were laying together. But I know that I'll be in your dreams tonight. And I'll gently kiss your lips. Touch you with my fingertips. They're sexting now. So turn out the light. This guy's already there. His wife's like, I miss you. And he's like, hey, I'm already there. All right. So that's why I don't like that song. It doesn't make any sense. This guy needs to get a new job, be at home, take care of his family. Hannah, any last words? I'm already here. Boom. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another fantastic episode of the We're Having a Good Time podcast. You can find me, all my social medias, at Dusty Slay. Uh, I'll be in San Antonio this weekend at the LOL Comedy Club, and it's going to be a blast. Thank you. We're having a good time.